This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio. Welcome to America's Voice for Energy. This week, we'll have a little bit different concept for our show. Each week, I interview a variety of guests on the topic of each week's column. Well, that part's not different about today's show, but what is different is what my column was about, because this week, my column was essentially a movie review of of a movie that is coming out on May 2nd, Monday evening, May 2nd, one night only, in a national uh, uh, premiere of the movie Climate Hustle. So my first guest I'm honored to have with us is Mark Morano, who is the, what are you, Mark, the executive producer, the host? What's your official title in this movie? Uh, yeah, officially I'm the, uh, the, the, the writer and the, uh, the host of the film. But I was involved okay. in every aspect in terms of picking out the scientists of one of the filmmakers with it. But it's a, um, it's a movie that is long overdue, and it's aimed at the general public, and they don't, they are not aware right now that whether you believe in global warming or not, solutions, so-called solutions, are happening. EPA bypassing Congress and the uh, uh, UN treaty bypassing Senate ratification. So that's one of the key things here. And by the way, thank you so much, Marita, for that incredible review. Well, I enjoyed it. I was glad that I was able to have a sneak preview of it. I watched it once through and then another time stopping, starting, rewinding, fast-forwarding, and going through it really thoroughly to write the piece. And I was honored to do it because I agree with you that it is a movie that is long overdue. So tell us kind of the impetus behind this film. Well, I think there hadn't been a global warming skeptic documentary of any major you know, impact since the 2007, the UK documentary in England. And that was right, very Right, which British, I'm well aware of. Very, very, yeah, global warming swindle. It was very British, very staid, very proper. And we wanted to have something that had a greater appeal in the land of reality TV and uh, infomercials and everything. So we basically went back four decades in the, in the media archives with partnered with the Media Research Center, and we have a movie that comes to life. And what I mean by that is this is not a one-sided documentary like Al Gore or in many respects the global, the, the global warming swindle where you just say, okay, there's, a, there's that side, but here's another side you may not consider. What we do instead is we have the U.N. scientists. We have Al Gore. We have the lead climate, uh, you know, climate scare promoters all voicing their concerns. You'll hear about the boiling oceans, London and New York underwater because of global warming. You'll see the major media figures presenting, Tom Brokaw and um, and Brian Williams and everyone else you can think of on every major network show. So we give them their voice. Uh, and then we analyze it and we present the counter to that. So in many important ways, this film is to allow the American public and the world to make up their own mind. And they can see some of the claims and we use the footage for comedy and humor, you will you will find segments in this film that we go into how global warming causes allegedly causes prostitution, barroom brawls, airline turbulence, uh, how it is even impacting the dead. I mean, we just go through it all, and it's none of it is skeptics accusing them. This is their own words, their own language, their own articles, their own clips, and I think the audience will just be riveted by that alone. Is that this is not? I hate to even use the word documentary because I'm hoping this comes out as a global warming comedy. <laughs> global warming comedy. Well, it definitely does have 
a light touch to it, and I agree with what you said that when when you show the other side, the alarmist viewpoint, and then you present the other side of it, the skeptic viewpoint, if you will, uh, I think it's very powerful in in the way it's put together. Thank you very much, and I think. Yeah, and I think as you go through it, we try to break it into seven different sections, and we also get in at the end, we get into the agenda. So you're going to hear about how Al Gore is promoting EPA and UN treaties for, quote, global governance. You're going to hear how even if they're, uh, the United Nations is using climate policy to redistribute wealth, and they're actually saying it's not even environmental policy anymore. You're going to hear about professors, and you're going to see and hear them openly talk about shrinking humans to lower our carbon footprints, genetically altering ourselves and giving us you know, uh, psychiatric drugs to make us care more about the environment and to agree with them. You're going to hear about jailing global warming skeptics. You're going to see politically left scientists who endorsed President Obama, who voted for Al Gore, would vote for him again, but they're passionate environmentalists who no longer support the global warming narrative and they think it's hijacked the environmental movement. So there is so much in this film. Especially, you know, I know it says not rated. Some people might think, oh, my gosh, is this some kind of adult film? No, this is, this is suitable to bring anyone 10 and older to. And I think, uh, I think they're going to really get, especially kids will get a real education out of it because they've probably been indoctrinated with so much propaganda from Hollywood, TV, the media, and even having probably been forced to watch Al Gore's film. Well, you know, you brought up an important thing um, in the, the jailing of the skeptics. But before I go to that, You've been all over the place talking about this. I'm going to be on a show this afternoon that he said he had you on last week. I've seen you on Fox News. You've been all over the place. Um, what kind of response are you getting? We're getting very good response. We're getting we're in 400 theaters. You go to climatehustle.com. You can look up the theater near you, and you can buy your tickets in advance. It is one night only, May 2nd. So as a theater fills up, they open up more theaters, and we get more showings. So. We're very hopeful that this does well. You know, we're, we're battling uh, people's idea of a global warming documentary. A lot of people aren't going to be excited by the sound of that. But as I said, this is not your average documentary, and it's certainly not your usual global warming documentary. So we are getting the word out everywhere, and I think people need to go see this because once you have this information, you're going to realize that you've been hustled. Yeah. Why did you choose to go with this one-night-in-a-theater kind of um, exposure to the public? Well, first of all, as I said, it's very hard to get, you know, we're not, this is not, we're not Leonardo DiCaprio, we're not Al Gore, we can't just get, you know, uh, you know uh, thousands of screens in one night and be, uh, you know, released, and we don't have a major, Al Gore had Paramount Pictures behind him. We are a small independent. As much as people like to think, oh, the oil-funded, you know, skeptics, or, you know, we get all this money from industry. We don't. Industry has given money to the environmental groups. Natural gas has given more to the Sierra Club than the combined budgets of the three largest skeptical groups. One grant from natural gas exceeded all that. So we are poorly funded in, the, in, in that sense. So we don't have the budgets in the major Hollywood studios behind us, but I think we've done a really incredible job. We are at every major U.S. city in multiple theaters in them, and it's over. It should be over 400 theaters by now, and it's uh, you know this is going to be a big event. So anyone anywhere in the country, within a short drive, unless you're out in rural somewhere where there's you know the city's nowhere nearby or right. suburbs, then I think you have an opportunity to see this movie. 
Well, I, I personally intend to be in the theater Monday night myself, even though I've already seen it. I, A, I want to support <laughs> the cause, and B, I want to see kind of what the reaction of the people in the theaters is going to be. Yeah, it, it's, uh, in, we, had a, we had a premiere in Paris, a red carpet premiere in December at the UN conference, and then we had a premiere in D.C. at the House Science Committee, which hosted a panel discussion, and that was a lot of fun. Our film in the theater will actually be a little different, um, Marita, because we actually have it introduced by the Weather Channel founder, John Coleman. He will, he will be the first thing to greet theaters, and then the movie will also be followed by a panel discussion featuring Sarah Palin, Brent Bozell, and the Delaware, former Delaware state climatologist, Dr. David LeGates, and myself. So we go through the, some of the films, and we also have exclusive footage of Bill Nye, my interview with Bill Nye, that will be after the film as well. And I'll give you a spoiler alert. We showed Bill Nye some of the movie, and Bill Nye hated it. Bill Nye condemns our movie, but that's the new form of PR for us. You know, we get someone who hates the movie, and we put up their comments. We get negative promos. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think you'd want Bill Nye to like it. That's right. If Bill Nye liked it, I'd be worried. Yeah, exactly. That that would be the time to be worried. So you mentioned about, um, you know, the, the skeptics being jailed. We've got a lot of that news in the headlines right now. Um, what, what do you feel? Do you think that you or C-Fact or me or any of us are going to be targeted after this movie comes out? Not that I'm in the movie, but I'm, you know, helping helping to get the word out there. Well, they're, they're trying to – I don't know that – who knows if we're going to end up in jail, but what they're trying to do is intimidate and suppress debate. And in the film, if you go see Climate Hustle, you will see Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Call, calling a skeptics war criminals who belong at The Hague with three square meals and a cot with all the other war criminals. And so what, what I think is going to happen is they're going to push RICO statutes against us. They have attorney generals now, and they've got mayors of states and governors – at least mayors at this point. They'll probably eventually get governors. There may be one governor. And every time a bad storm, say like a Hurricane Sandy or a tornado in Oklahoma, they're going to say, this is fossil fuel poisoned weather. Okay, I don't know what happened, but the attorney generals are looking uh, at this issue as a way to get money to essentially shake down energy companies to say every storm is fossil fuel poisoned weather. And that's one of the phrases the activists use. It's poisoned, fossil fuel poisoned weather. And so if you have a flood or a hurricane outbreak or a tornado outbreak, they'll go to energy CEOs and try to get money from them, the state attorney generals. This is a shakedown, and the states are looking at this like they want money, and that's really what's behind this, that and silencing debate. Well, I hadn't heard that about the, the shakedown part. I certainly have followed that story um, about that. We've got about a minute and a half left, Mark. Uh, what, what else do you want to make sure people know about this film? Well, again, the key thing about this is they need to understand that what, what people will say is this is as settled as high school physics. John Kerry will say, well, it's not, and here's why it's not. CO2 is not the control knob. People will say, well, does man contribute to climate? Of course man can contribute to climate change, but you can't distinguish it from natural variability, so much so that nothing is happening that's outside the range of normal natural variability, and that includes everything from sea level to polar bear to temperature to, to storminess on down the whole list. So I think people will be shocked to see Nobel Prize-winning scientists who, who, vote, who endorsed President Obama come out and say he's ashamed of the Norwegian government for giving a Nobel uh, Prize to, Peace Prize to the UN and Al Gore on global warming. They're going to be shocked to see all these prominent scientists and the amount of intimidation they had to go through. But I think they're also going to be laughing and entertained as we go through. And we, we showed the history of witchcraft, medieval witchcraft, where people actually 
blamed witches, accused witches of changing the weather, crop failure, and causing bad storms. Well, now, with fossil fuel poison weather, they're blaming our modern way of life and our SUVs for causing storms. We really haven't progressed much as a society since the Middle Ages with the old witchcraft accusations. Yeah, that's why I included the uh, witchcraft idea in my in my column in my review of the film. We're out of time, Mark. I thank you for joining us today. Give us the website once again where people can find out more about the film. Sure, it's climatehustle.com, and you can look up, buy your tickets online. It's May 2nd, Monday night, one night only in theaters, so make sure you get there Monday night. Thank you. Now, eventually it is going to be available online or pe- for people to purchase a DVD. Is that correct? Yes, after May 2nd, we'll be discussing that. Hopefully, it'll be on demand and DVD and, and the whole host of options. But we're going with the May 2nd thing first. So thanks, Mark Morano, yes. for joining us. Make sure, everybody, you go see Climate Hustle. We'll be back with more on this topic in just a few moments. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Voice for Energy. It's my honor to welcome back a regular guest, my friend, Paul Dreesen. And Paul is, is beyond being my friend, he is a senior policy analyst with CFAC, the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. And they're the group that has put together the movie we're talking about today, Climate Hustle. And well, most of us, and particularly my column, focuses on the importance of this policy, these climate policies to America. They're actually global policies, and they will have a dramatic impact on the third world, which is what Paul's going to talk to us about today. So, Paul, I appreciate your insight, and welcome back. Thanks for having me, Marita. It's nice always to be with you. 
Now, you've seen this movie as I have, correct? Correct. We, we got a pre-screening of it, not together, but we, we were each able to see it before the May 2nd showing. And while the movie doesn't directly focus uh, a lot on the developing world, uh, what, could, what would you hope that people that are watching this movie on May 2nd realize uh, in relationship to, to uh, the developing world? I think the most important thing is the, the fact that all these climate hustles, these climate con jobs and shell games, this uh, pretend, uh, pretension that humans have suddenly taken over control of the Earth's climate and all we have to do is reduce our carbon dioxide emissions, our plant fertilizing carbon dioxide emissions and uh, by a little bit and we can set the Earth's thermostat and have the temperatures and weather and everything be exactly what we might want them to be. Now, who gets to decide exactly what we might want remains an open question. I guess it'll be some other unaccountable UN or EPA bureaucrat that does that. But the bottom line is these claims about man-made, dangerous, uh, catastrophic climate change are being used to justify policies, not just in the United States and Europe, but around the world, that deny people access to reliable, affordable, abundant energy, especially electricity. Uh, now explain how, explain how these policies that are being promoted by the likes of uh, President Obama and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders... Uh, how, how do they impact the, the uh, developing world and deprive them of energy? Essentially, what they're saying is we're not going to support World Bank loans. We're not going to support uh, petitions to allow the, the developing countries to build coal-fired or even gas-fired power plants. And uh, when South Africa comes in and asks for a loan to build its Metapi uh, coal-fired power plant, one of the most advanced in the world, the World Bank is going to say no. And Obama uh, and the EU people are going to uh, let the World Bank get away with that. They let the Overseas Private Investment Corporation deny loans and grants to overseas to African countries to build power plants. President Obama goes to Ghana and says, uh, we don't agree with your using flared natural gas, gas that's just being wasted, to run a, a gas-fired power plant to generate electricity. I guess he'd rather just see the gas flared. But he told them, you should skip over fossil fuels and go directly to the new future, uh, futuristic uh, electricity, which is wind and solar, which of course is very expensive and unreliable. He went to South Africa and he told the students down there, well, if every one of you has got a car and every one of you has got a big house and every one of you has got, and this is his words, has got, has got electricity, has got uh, air conditioning, well, the planet's going to boil over. So, He's telling them, we'd like to help you develop, but not very much. We want to give you some solar uh, panels.
panels on your huts, a wind turbine for your village, a bunch of wind turbines for your cities, but not fossil fuel generated electricity. So they're not exactly on, in favor of nuclear or hydroelectric either. So pretty much we want you developing, we want you improving your lives and living standards, but only a little bit because only a little bit is sustainable. If you were to live the way I do as President Obama or as Al Gore does, that wouldn't be sustainable. The planet would fry. And so you you dark-skinned people in Africa and Asia and Latin America need to hold back your aspirations. Yeah, you, you've uh, outlined that well. And uh, th- these policies, um, you know, they, they'll deny that. They'll deny that this is ex- more expensive. They'll deny, uh, you know, that, that what, what you're saying. As my column is posted all over the Internet this week, there's been a lot of, of pushback from people that have commented and, and you know one of the things when you mentioned that president obama said well if you all have all these things the planet will boil it reminded me of one of the predictions in the film when james hansen says that the oceans are going to boil and you know there's enough predictions there's enough time out there now that we've seen so many of their predictions that have totally uh, not come true. What were some of the things in the film, as you saw it, that really struck you? Well, having Leonard Nimoy say the same thing back in, I think it was 1988, uh, many years ago, that uh, we had a, only a few years left. We were reaching a tipping point. The whole planet was going to be destroyed. Civilization, as we know it, was going to be destroyed. Al Gore doing the same thing with his with his fake documentary movie, uh, presenting these claims that carbon dioxide was causing all these problems uh, and that carbon dioxide preceded global warming and therefore we were really reaching a tipping point. We only had a few years left. Uh, Prince Philip said similar things. Um, Just it was a litany of Armageddon kinds of claims, not one of which has come true, not one of which is even happening at any level out there in the real world. Um, I think if you take a look at hurricanes, for example, we haven't had a Category 3 to 5 hurricane hit the United States in 10 and a quarter years, under 26 months, and that's a record uh, going back at least to 1900. But yet, but yet the predictions were, the predictions were that we yeah. were going to have more hurricanes. Yeah, more hurricanes, more powerful hurricanes, and it's not been happening. Tornadoes are also down. So back to the hurricanes thing, the last big hurricane to hit the United States was Wilma in 2005. That wasn't supposed to happen. They don't want to talk about this sort of a thing that's not supposed to have, was supposed to have happened but hasn't droughts and floods those are uh, not happening at any greater frequency uh, than they did in the 1900s and a new study out just this past week confirms this uh, another study shows that the increased carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has increased plant growth worldwide by 14 percent trillions of dollars in benefits to habitats and crop growth they don't want to talk about any of that so basically if you look outside the window of the global warming modelers windows 
you don't see any of the things predicted by those global warming models actually happening out there. So why we should be trashing our economy, uh, slashing our energy use, forcing ourselves to pay far more for electricity from wind and solar power or use electricity when it's available and not when we need it because that's going to be the new order of the day. It makes no sense, as the movie suggests. This is just a climate hustle. It's being used to drive anti-energy policies, redistribution policies, redistribution of wealth. Uh, Even the top UN climate people have uh, made those statements very explicit. Well, you know, you brought, you led me perfectly to where my next question was, and that is, you know, why are they doing this? I often say in my speeches that as I write my weekly column, and I always read it to my mother, who's a former English teacher and an author of 40 books, so I read it to my mother for her, you know, kind of a professional input, and it, when she used to, when I was done reading my column, say to me, why are they doing this? They're going to ruin America. And I, you know, I say that's that's kind of the goal. You can't, to me, you can't do this work every day as you do and as I do and not come to this conclusion. So, you know, why are they doing this? Well, I think this is what they want to do. Uh, President Obama came in. He said, I intend to fundamentally transform America. He said, under my policies, and the electricity rates will necessarily skyrocket. Well, that means they're going to skyrocket for families, for hospitals, for school systems, for factories. People are going to get laid off. People's living standards are going to go down. Our children's futures are going to be worse. Uh, President Obama echoes what's being said in other countries where the elites have taken over and are basically saying, we live too well. We shouldn't be having these living standards. We're going to cut ours way back. We'll help the rest of the world increase theirs a little bit, and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Instead of everybody having better lives in the future, we'll all kind of meet somewhere between where India's poor are today and where America's poor are today. Uh, And then you get Cristiano Fijueres, who is the director, was the director of the the UN's International Panel, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and she said, our goal, the goal that we have given ourselves, and that's her words, is to fundamentally change the global economic system that's prevailed for the past 150 years. We are going to get rid of capitalism and replace it basically with a UN-centered and directed economic system that's going to be essentially socialist in its nature. And then another top environmental uh, climate guy from the UN said the uh, climate change has nothing to do anymore with the environment. We are using climate change to drive the redistribution of the world's wealth. Yeah, and people need to be aware of those things. Yeah, yeah. We've just got about a minute left, Paul. What, for people who, well, first, give us the website for where people can get information about the film, and then briefly tell us what you hope people will take away from, from Climate Hustle. The website is climatehustle.com. You can find out where it's playing in a theater near you and get tickets. Have a party. Bring your friends. It's a fabulous movie. 
uh, it's wickedly effective in using slapstick humor and the words and deeds of climate alarmists to make you laugh at them. That's what meteorologist Anthony Watts says. I think it's informative and entertaining, pointed and humorous, and it really makes you realize that you are being hustled and conned, that it's a three-card Monty game of using climate change to change our society, our legal system, our economics, and our energy system for the worse. Yes, it does It does paint that picture really clearly, so I, I encourage all of our listeners to go to climatehustle.com, go to the movie on May 2nd if you're listening to this uh, recording prior to that, if not. Uh, the film is going to be available online and on DVD, I believe, uh, shortly thereafter. So we encourage people to see it and uh, help make make a big splash surrounding this movie. Uh, don't forget there's going to be a Canadian uh, premiere, and they're going to show it around Canada, so I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be out on DVD, but sometime down the road a little bit here. Yeah, uh, a little bit down the road. So Great. Go Paul Brinson, thanks for joining it. us. Yeah. Thanks for joining us so much once again on America's Voice for Energy. We'll be right back. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Voice for Energy. In this segment, I'm pleased to have with us such an authority to talk about the science of climate change and this movie, Climate Hustle. We have John Coleman with us, and he's known really widely as the founder of the Weather Channel. He was also the first weatherman on Good Morning America, and the American Meteorological Society has named him Meteorologist of the year, and he has a 51-year career in this industry. So I think we could all agree if we have a, an expert on uh, climate, on weather, on the science behind all of this, it would be John Coleman. So, John, thank you for joining me today on America's Voice for Energy. It is very exciting to be on because I am so angered by the total distortion of the science of meteorology by these ridiculous claims about global warming and climate change that I will move heaven and earth, go on any program, any time to counteract and to try to get my science back where it belongs. 
Well, I really appreciate that. I wrote my column for this week. I write a weekly energy-themed column. And my column this week is on the movie Climate Hustle. And I've, I, my column is posted all over the Internet. And it's amazing uh, some of the comments I get back from people regarding the science specifically and accusing me, and I'm not a scientist, I'm the writer, I'm the reporter-type person, not the scientist, but I know a lot of scientists who I communicate with and get the information from, such as yourself, and it's amazing the comments that people have made in response to my column talking about how I'm totally ignoring the science in my review of the movie Climate Hustle. What would you say to those kind of people? Because I'm sure you've heard that. In fact, here's one I have in front of me, Breitbart.com, and Bill Butler, whoever he is, but he says, actually, global temperatures are doing what the models predicted. And he goes on to talk about that we need to, you know, really not listen to the deniers, but listen to the science. What do you say to people like that? As I said, I know you hear those kind of comments. I say you have a very narrow point of view, whoever you are, and you really haven't studied the science at all. Uh, relative to climate hustle, let me say, before I say anything about the science, we have desperately needed a movie that talks to the average person and makes them understand the science. Ever since in Inconvenient Truth, that sci-fi uh, hit by Al Gore, <laughs> which is now shown in every class and school, it seems, year after year, we've desperately needed a movie. And I'm so pleased that uh, Mark Morano and CFAC have put together this movie. I hope it will, for the next 50 years, be shown to every student in every school just before or after an inconvenient truth to get the facts out. Now, let's talk about facts. The okay. Earth, the Earth, according to, to ice cores taken up uh, near the South Pole, and this is the best science we have, has been alternating between ice ages and interglacial periods, i.e. warm spells, alternately through its, all its history, through its four and a half billion years. We only have the last 400 million. That's all we have. And we can see <laughs> these warm-ups and this, these cool-downs, and the changes are dramatic. They were not caused by mankind, obviously. They were caused by natural forces. We are currently in one of the warm-ups, thank goodness, because mankind prospers during warm weather. Mankind dies off during cold weather. So our civilization has grown since the end of the last ice age. And we must be very grateful that we are getting this wonderful warm spell to, uh, to grow up in. Now, when the ice age ended, the earth was very much an ice ball. It was pretty well covered in ice, at least clear down to about the 35th parallel from the North Pole here in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, like Chicago, my old hometown for 20 years, was buried in 400 feet of ice. Well, the, the ice started melting, and it's still melting. Is that because of global warming? Is that because of the activities of man? Or is it because of the natural warm-up that occurs in an interglacial period? It is almost totally because of the natural forces of this warm-up. Now, how can I tell that the most recent warming spell 
is not the result of the activities of man. Well, if you look at the last thousand years, you find that uh, this warm-up that we're undergoing now is actually less than the warm-ups that have preceded it, preceded it before our use of fossil fuels, before our so-called civilization caused global warming. Because if you look at what their entire claim is based on, it's based on carbon dioxide being released by the burning of fossil fuels, coal, oil, and gas. And so we put out this carbon dioxide, CO2, into the atmosphere. By the way, that's not smog, that's not a pollutant, that's a natural gas. It has always existed in the atmosphere, and in ancient times, according to the ice cores, at much greater amounts than it exists today. And it is essential to life on Earth because you couldn't grow a single plant on Earth without it. So it is a very important, a very big deal. Yeah, we've got reports out just this week talking about um, how the plant growth has is uh, much larger than expected, um, and and then how the Western United States is not brown as the climate models project projected, but yet because of all of the CO two, we is actually greener than expected. So addressing exactly that CO2 the Earth issue. is twenty percent warmer, uh, greener than it used to be, thanks to the activities of man to his the burning of fossil fuel. You're exactly right on that point. And it has, it, and if you look at the uh, studies of the IDSO, father and son team in Arizona, and their CO2 website, you will see the evidence that they have produced of this incredible greening and how plants grow better than ever because of it. And so we have to be very, very grateful uh, that we are having this wonderful well, uh, greening of the earth thanks to CO2. Now, CO2, you don't see it. It's odorless. It's invisible. It's tasteless. It, you know, when, when Al Gore gets on the air and talks about how man is spewing millions and millions of tons of carbon into the atmosphere every day, <laughs> the average person thinks that he's talking about some black gooey stuff. Well, we're, he's talking about carbon dioxide. It's a total misstatement on his part. And I must say, how dishonest can you be? How much can well, you distort I, I would say it's an called carbon would, dioxide carbon? I would say it's an intentional uh, misstatement. Well, of course it is, but it's, it is still a, a lie and very serious matter. And it is shameful that it happened. Now, I'm the, the, like you, I'm also, in addition to being a meteorologist, I'm a journalist. And uh, I did the research on how Al Gore got started and how this old CO2 thing turned out to be the cause celeb of the global warming climate change people. And it all goes back to a great scientist named Roger Revelle, who, after serving honorably in World War II and doing the research on the atmosphere and ocean effects of atomic testing after the uh, war, then uh, did a study about the effects, possible effects of carbon dioxide on cl climate. He was looking for something to get more funding for the Scripps Oceanographic Institute, which he was the head of and which he had grown into a huge organization. 
and he needed some federal funding. So he did that study. And the study suggested that maybe carbon dioxide would cause, uh, was a significant greenhouse gas and would cause warming. Well, uh, after a while, uh, he left uh, San Diego and the Scripps Oceanographic Institute and went to Harvard, where he started the Center for Population Studies. But he still talked about climate in his classes. And in his very first class at Harvard in 1963, sitting in the front row was Al Gore. And that really? was the only science class Al Gore ever took. And Al Gore heard what what uh, he said and accepted it as the absolute fact and has made it his lifetime work. And the man who started it all, Roger Revelle, began to realize in subsequent years that his, his uh, theory that he had expounded was incorrect, that CO2 was not causing any significant warming, was not a dangerous greenhouse gas. He wrote the senators and congressmen who Al Gore was getting to fund money because of global warming. He wrote to him and said, ease up. This isn't, this isn't uh, happening. It's way overstated. He wrote an article in a science magazine at that time and tried to take it back. And in the meantime, he had, by the way, moved back to California to the University of California, San Diego, where he was a professor. But Al Gore went before the U.S. Senate and said that he was, in fact, continuing his campaign and that Roger Revelle, who was now an old man, had become senile. Well, that was the most disgusting possible thing he could have said. Uh, Ravel was not senile at all, according to everybody who knew him. But that is what has happened, and that's how Gore got started. Well, he brought the Democratic Party into it. He brought the environmentalists into it. He brought Greenpeace into it. He brought uh, the Sierra Club into it. And first thing you knew, our government was putting... $4.5 billion a year into global warming research, only paying for research that says it is a horrible problem. They wouldn't pay for any other research on the other side of the issue. And bingo, we have this horrible distortion of science and this huge problem. And I appreciate you letting me tell that story. Well, I appreciate hearing it. I study this issue a lot. I'm certainly not an expert, but I had not heard that story, and so I suspect... Most of our listeners have not heard that story as well. We've got about one minute left, John, in this segment. Well, let, let what, me tell what do you want to make who, sure you get in? The people who want to hear that story in detail and see the visuals that support it and the, all the facts can go to YouTube and look for my 36-minute lecture on YouTube, and it includes that entire story. And okay, I would, and so uh, what I'd, should people look for? John John Coleman, YouTube. John else? Coleman, they... Global Warming Scare. And look for the, uh, the, I'm on there, I have a lot of stuff on YouTube. Look for the 36-minute piece that has been viewed by more than 350,000 people. Uh, and it's been reposted many times. Go look at that one. I deeply appreciate that. I also have an essay that tells this whole story on the Internet at uh, John Coleman Essay on the Internet. Okay, so Google John Coleman essay, and and yeah. folks mm -hmm. will find that. Great. Well, you can find well, it on YouTube. Or, I, listen, I deeply appreciate you having me on. The science has been distorted. CO2 is not a significant greenhouse gas. 
There is no runaway global warming. Relax, everybody. Enjoy life and have fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, John Coleman. It's a treat to talk with you. Appreciate your insights. We'll be right back on America's Voice for Energy. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. You're listening to americaswebradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Voice for Energy. Today we've been talking about the movie Climate Hustle and the column that I wrote based on the, the movie. I watched the movie, wrote a review, and my column is called On Climate Were Manipulated by Slight of Hand. It's been interesting. The comments my column posted this week all over the Internet on sites such as Breitbart.com, American Spectator at Spectator.org, and townhall.com. Uh, it's interesting the comments that I that I received, uh, and I'm going to talk about some of those with our final guest today, who is Dr. Bonner Cohen. Now, Bonner and I have known each other for many years. I met Bonner early on in my work on energy, which is now almost ten years ago. And Bonner, I don't think you've been on my show on America's Voice for Energy uh, before, have you? No, I have not. Well, that's such an oversight with that great radio voice you have. I'm ashamed that I have not had you uh, on the show before. But when when we scheduled this, uh, I was sent your biography, your little introduction. And I have to say I was so impressed because I honestly, as long as I've known you, did not know all of this about you. I know you do a lot of writing. I know that you're very well-versed in environmental issues, and I so appreciate that you frequently reach out to me for a quote for something that you're writing. And I knew, that, of course, that you were a senior, senior policy analyst with CFACT, the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. But I honestly did not know that you had your Ph.D. from the University of Munich, I didn't know that you were an internationally recognized expert on natural resources, including energy, the environment, and property rights. I didn't know that you've been published in the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Times, the National Review, on and on and on. So, you know, I'm just honored to have you with us. And I know as senior policy analyst with CFACT, that CFACT Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow is who is behind this new film, Climate 
hustle. So tell us about uh, the movie to start with. Well, first of all, Maria, it's a great honor to be on your show, and it's a great honor to have uh, uh, the privilege of enlightening our audience as to what Climate Hustle is all about. And I think the most important thing we can, we can do is highlight the word hustle in the title of the film, because we chose that word very carefully, because there is a climate hustle. It takes on several forms, uh, and in the movie you will see how the science has been, the so-called science that is, has been manipulated so as to create the impression uh, that there is a problem which upon closer inspection, uh, closer inspection does not exist. We are told that man-made emissions of greenhouse gases are leading to an artificial and potentially dangerous warming of the climate when, in fact, if you look at the climatological record stretching back a long, long time, if you look at the climatological record in recent times since levels of greenhouse gases have risen, you will find no correlation whatsoever between the levels of greenhouse gases, particularly carbon dioxide, CO2, and the warming of the climate. This, by the way, has necessitated the other side in a tacit admission uh, that they have mislabeled uh, the whole issue. They did away with global warming, out with global warming, in came climate change. They had to do that because the temperatures demonstrably did not rise as they confidently predicted that they would. In doing all of this, of course, they had to do a couple of things. First of all, they had to demonize fossil fuels, coal, oil, and natural gas, and they had to demonize, of all things, carbon dioxide, which, as we all know from our high school science classes and, and such, uh, is really plant food. The notion... Yes, and it's interesting you bring that up, because just today, as we're recording this, uh, this show will air on... Uh, April 28th, but we're recording this on the 27th, and just today, there's big news out uh, about that, surprise, surprise, that the increased CO2 levels have greened the western U.S. I haven't had a chance to read that yet. I don't know if you have, Bonner, but uh, it's, it's surprise, surprise, We've, it's, it's greening the, the globe. Yes, and I, I, I too saw, saw the article, but like, like you, I haven't read it yet, but I certainly will. But, uh, yes, levels of, uh, of CO2 have risen uh, from about 250 parts per million to around 400 parts per million now uh, since 1750. That is a development we should welcome because it goes hand in hand with increased agricultural uh, productivity. It goes hand in hand with the reforestation of huge parts of uh, at least the northern hemisphere. Uh, carbon dioxide is it? It's plant food. It's very good for agriculture. The population of the earth is expected to pass the 8 billion mark by uh, the middle of the century. We've got a lot of people to feed, and for that, we need agriculture because we've just about used up all the arable land uh, that is worth uh, plowing and planting and what have you. So we are going to have to increase yields, and there is no better way to increase agricultural yields uh, than the carbon that had levels of carbon dioxide that will now that will allow 
a cops to reach their full potential. And so the, the well, you know, and that's interesting, interesting yeah. too, because one of the things that climate hustle really focuses on, uh, especially in the beginning, is a lot of these predictions that have been made about the climate that are obviously now years later. I mean, they've got a long enough history of this climate hustle. Uh, that we can look back and see what did they say that was right, you know, and what, what did they say that wasn't right. And one of those things um, was that we were going to, people were going to be starving. And, but yet, we're, as you pointed out, we're seeing the opposite. Yeah, we're seeing the opposite. As a matter of fact, uh, what did they say, what did they get right? Well, the answer is absolutely nothing. Uh, what did they get wrong? The answer is everything they said, because they not only uh, predicted mass starvation, they not, which did not happen, they not only uh, predicted a, a rise in temperatures, which has not happened, but they also predicted an increase in both the intensity and number of Atlantic hurricanes, when, as a matter of fact, uh, hurricane activity has decreased. Not a single hurricane has hit Florida since 2005. At no time since we've been keeping records of such things has there ever been an 11-year span without a hurricane hitting Florida. Now, these crazy things, being weather being what it is and fickle that it is, we might have 11 hurricanes hit it this year. We don't know. But the point of all of this is every scare tactic they have employed, and they have to do scare tactics because ultimately they're trying to get us to do things that are completely contrary to our own interests, but every scare tactic they have, they have uh, deployed has turned out to be uh, complete nonsense. It has been one bogus prediction after the other, all designed, of course, to justify a series of measures to be taken by the Environmental Protection Agency and other federal agencies and departments that will uh, limit our access to energy. That's the name of the game. Ladies and gentlemen, this has nothing to do with the climate and never did. The climate here serves as a pretext, a pretext for a gigantic power grab on the part of the, of the, the federal government and uh, those parties which stand to benefit from completely restructuring by federal fiat our energy structure so that you will have uh, purveyors of alternative energy, wind, solar, geothermal, and the like, lining their pockets with taxpayer subsidies and uh, availing themselves of government mandates that their industries should supply us with a certain percentage of our electricity. It's a gigantic scam, and it is a well hustle. It is a climate hustle. Well, that's what the movie certainly makes clear, I believe, and I encourage people to read it. And I've got non, I mean, not to read it, to watch it uh, on May 2nd, the one-night, special one-night showing that it's going to be in theaters. But I understand it will be available online and in DVD format after that. Is that correct? That, that's correct. And to find out where you can watch our Climate Hustle in a theater near you, simply go to climatehustle.com. And there you will see a list by state and by city of where Climate Hustle will be shown on the evening of Monday, May the 2nd. There are 450 theaters nationwide where this will be shown, so it will be shown most certainly to a theater near you. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because 
I, I'm looking at a website right now where my column is posted. Now, my column is posted on a lot of different websites, and I usually only mention the major ones. But there's kind of an energy industry site where my work is posted called oilpro.com. And here someone says, a gentleman by the name of William Bailey posts, it amazes and saddens me to see the amount of scientific illiteracy and downright anti-science gobbledygook on a website dedicated to an industry founded in physical science. The main article, which is my article, isn't just disingenuous, it's a straight lie. Claim, falsely claiming a scientific debate within the physical sciences where none exists, no more than there is a debate about whether evolution happens or whether relativ relativity is correct. The debate is over. It is over. It is about, excuse me, I'm reading this wrong. The debate is over. It is now about the effects on human civilization that climate change brought about by, by global warming. And he says, I've worked for 27 years in the oil industry, and I have never met a fellow scientist who did not doubt what the climatologists are telling us. So we've only got, Bonner, about a minute and a half left. What would you say to this, this guy, William I would, Bailey? I would say to this uh, gentleman uh, that the debate is never over. What he is trying to do, in line with what you can hear uh, from uh, representatives of the Obama administration and the environmental community, the debate is over. The, the science is settled on climate change, we are told. The science isn't settled on anything. It's not even settled on gravity. It's not settled on the cause of cancer. If science is never settled. That is a complete misunderstanding of what science is all about. Science is an inquiry. What we know today will be overtaken by what we find out tomorrow and the day after and the day after. That's the way that particular universe works. What the gentleman is really trying to do is shut off any and all debate about this subject. Shut up. Uh, do as you're told. EPA knows what's best for you. In truth, of course, the real perversion of the science is taking place by this gentleman and the other people who, who show their own ignorance of science because they don't even obviously know what it is. And uh, they are claiming a scientific consensus that demonstrably does not exist. And he cannot point to one single phenomenon, not one, uh, to support his theory uh, that we as human beings, through our use of energy, are creating a situation that will endanger the entire world. That is complete and utter nonsense. It is a hoax, and it hoax, and it is a climate hustle. Great. We're out of time, Dr. Bonner-Cohen. Give us one more time the email or the website address where folks can find out more about the movie. It is climatehustle.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on America's Voice for Energy. We'll have you back again, Dr. Cohen. I'm pleased to have you with us, and uh, sorry we haven't had you on sooner, but thanks for joining us today. Folks, join us again next week for America's Voice for Energy here on AmericasWebRadio.com. Thanks for listening. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.